Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 2nd of February, 2023, the day of the FOMC meeting and Jay Powell's speech. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott for the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. So, Scotty, why don't we just start there, shall we? Uh, Look, we had a pretty meaty rally on Wall Street as we heard Jay Powell speak, A, a less hawkish, a dovish. I mean, what was your take? He's given up, quite frankly. Uh, this mantra about you know seeing the other job out you know, until it's done when it comes to fighting inflation, I think he gave up last night. Uh, he's in love with the idea of having a soft economic landing. So growth is now being encouraged, but he's just not saying that. Uh, allowing the uh, financial conditions to continue to loosen, which has been ongoing now for the better part of uh, five months, uh, is really saying all you need to know. He's been given multiple opportunities to go push back against it, hasn't done so. So, yeah, uh, the risk is now that we'll get improved growth outcomes, which is fantastic, but also that we might go and see inflationary pressure start to go and flare up again. So, interesting now to see how uh, how it was perceived by the market. I'm not surprised one iota how the, how the rally took place. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because he did say... Clifford Bennett from ACY Securities. I had a chat with him today, and he said he, he let it slip that there's going to be a couple more rate rises. I said the Fed Reserve chair doesn't let anything slip, and he said he did this time, but there are still rate rises to come. Couldn't this be a misinterpretation uh, by market participants that seem to just want to interpret pretty much anything as good news these days? Also considering, you know, to your point about looser financial conditions, I mean, Jay Powell did address that, saying that. He, he's not concerned about short-term moves. He's actually concerned about what happens in the long-term over the long, long-term trend. So you're not buying buying the argument that uh, it's the market that is interpreting this potentially wrong? No. Powell has every opportunity to go and correct market pricing. He can't control uh, financial conditions, but he can influence it and by not doing anything. And let's be honest, it's not short-term anymore. He's had the October, December, and now the February meetings to go and address what's been going on. And each time he's been offered the opportunity, has chosen not to. Uh, that tells me everything I need to go and know. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry for people who listen to me and my views about you know, the Fed uh, wanting to go and uh, know, really fight inflation and make sure it gets it right. Uh, a leopard doesn't change its spots. Uh, it was a tilt last night. I am 100% certain of that. So let's just draw this out a little bit further then. So we get a stronger economy, hopefully a soft landing. There is a sting in the tail, though. There's risk. It, the risk is that they don't get inflation to their target band in any reasonable period of time. That, I mean, that that's not a good scenario. No, and it begs the question why we had such you know, dramatic and uh, aggressive language being spouted by the uh, Fed chair and others over the course of last year in particular. 
if that's the way it's going to play out. I just think that now they can see that you know, we're seeing a disinflationary trend starting to begin and they're hoping like heck that it continues. And if they go and allow the economy to go and try and gently come out of it, they might get away without you know, any major economic scarring. But you're right, and this is where the history lessons tell us that uh, you've got to be cautious about loosening too soon in the battle against inflation. There's every chance that we might go and see inflationary pressure start to go and flare again. Yes, the energy complex uh, isn't really kicking into gear just yet, but we've got China reopening. And just look at some of the commodity price movements we're seeing at the moment, especially over the last few months. They are very, very inflationary over a medium and longer term time horizon. Maybe not so, you know, the, the flow on effects immediately, but they will come through the pipeline and that is where the risk is. And uh, we'll see how it plays out, but I've got to, you know, a feeling now that we might be dealing with a better growth, higher inflationary environment in 2023. Well, if that is the case, uh, these conversations will get no less interesting. Um, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty uh, key as well that we've got China reopening. And um, yeah, also, uh, I got to ask, I mean, we've got the RBA meeting next week. Does this make the job even tougher for for Phil Lowe or does it give the RBA cover if they want to hike a couple more times? Because I mean, where, where I was actually thinking about the US is it's such a complicated picture for the central bankers to take into consideration when it comes to the jobs market in particular there. You know, Jolt's job openings were higher last night. Uh, we'll get the jobless claims tonight. We've got the jobs read on Friday. I mean, that's really what should be the obsession there. I mean, what's the thinking now in terms of the RBA uh, when you know that you've got a central bank that has just taken, well, in your view, a little bit of a dovish pivot? Or tilt, well, the Fed's tilt. almost following in the footsteps of the RBA. No, no, you, you can use pivot. It might as well do. Like, you know, I, I wrote in the view today that the, uh, the Fed might as well have been cut rates last night, <laughs> given what the market reaction was. That's what we effectively saw was a big loosening conditions that you associate with the easing of policy settings. Uh, look, it, it makes the job of the RBA a little bit uh, a little bit harder. They can't go and continue really hiking uh, against the grain if the Fed goes and stops. But I don't think the RBA ever was going to go down that path. I, I still get the sense that we'll probably get one more. And then all this talk we've talked you know, about the, the fixed rate cliff and uh, those big recent hire for, for mortgage holders, uh, they have to go and wait to see how that plays out. We know that base effects will make it very difficult for inflation to continue at the current pace. We'll start to see that go and tip over and that might give them that window. But yet again, if you go easier on uh, economic activity again, you run the risk that over time we'll see a reacceleration in inflation again. I'm not an inflationist by any stretch of the imagination, but that's where it seems to go at the moment. Remember all that talk we had uh, last year about you know, having to go inflict some sort of pain and, and uh, you know, soften the labour market conditions up? I get the sense now that uh, central bankers are trying to have their cake and eat it too. They want the best of both worlds. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't always play out like that. Yeah, it uh, makes me think of guilt-ridden parents, you know, when they send their kids uh, to before and after school care where they're trying to keep them happy at all times. I don't know why my mind just went there. But yeah, sometimes a bit of tough medicine is in order. Okay, well, that's the sort of heavy uh, macro stuff out of the way. And just flagging that we could see some volatility again around uh, that jobs read that comes through, particularly tomorrow. Of course, it's after our market close. On to the market today. Um, it, it it sort of lost a bit of its puff by the end of the session. Still a positive finish up by a tenth of a percent, 7,511. But the early enthusiasm that really followed on from Wall Street uh, just kind of faded. Hey, Scotty, I can't help but notice the big falls that we saw for uh, for BHP, for Rio, for Fortescue. We saw iron ore uh, coming off in China. Is that the reason? 
partly a lot of those reopening plays that really kick things off in the commodity space. So I was looking last night at rebar futures of all things, reinforced bar, you know, the things you do in Adelaide at uh, no, 9 o'clock at night. Uh, and the uptrend there had gone and broken down. And that has been running since the start of October. Uh, when we saw that first glimmers that there were signs there's going to be a reopening taking place in China. That broke down, and then a lot of the other bulk contracts also broke down as well. So maybe when we talk about is there too much good news priced in the short term to that story, or maybe we've seen the price action at the moment that that's taking place because a lot has been put in now. Now it's really time, I think, for the other actual economic activity on the ground in China to go and, uh, and show us that we've seen that yesterday the other PMI that came out uh, from Kaijin was yeah, a little bit iffy. It wasn't, wasn't fantastic by any stretch. So there's yeah, still a lot of uh, water to go under the bridge on that, on that story. But uh, yeah, had a solid run and a bit of a pullback is probably a healthy thing. Yeah, okay. Um, so there you go. As far as market moves, we're starting to see a few of these um, reports trickle in. I mean, it's definitely not anywhere near what it will be in a couple of weeks' time, but uh, Pinnacle Investment Management does come to mind. Its operating model is strong, apparently. It did miss, though, on profits. And we spoke with the MD a little bit earlier on. You can find that on the website at osbiz.com.au. I had a good chat with Nick Sladen from LSN Capital on the small caps. You just have to search small caps on our website. And he weighed in on the pinnacle result. He weighed in on the market reaction to the credit court result yesterday, which was, you know, pretty wild at the beginning, only uh, to see further gains being made for CCP today. Uh, so that's a couple of specific uh, drivers of stock moves. Megaport. Again, you know, real swift, sharp reaction to an update coming from the company a couple of days ago now, and it's put on more than 10% today. Um, as far as other, yeah, you had a good chat with Todd Warren from Tribeca Investment Partners today. I suppose I should have segued to that after your commodities chat. What was he saying? Uh, well, we all know how lithium performed last year, and uh, more than a few punters pretty uh, pretty excited about its prospects. Well, Todd's uh, got a new uh, new one to go and get excited about graphite. Graphite, yeah, not just uh, for your old school uh, tennis rackets. Yeah, the graphite market, so no key one in the electrification process around the world, and uh, he reckons it's going to be the new lithium of 2023. So that's uh, that's all I'll give away in that one. Great conversation about you know, the energy market. That's one of the areas that's lagged the broader commodity move. Uh, but he reckons the time is to go uh, bargain hunting in that space whilst others are looking to offload. Yeah, all right. Was that in contrast to anything that Kyle McIntyre had to say to you from Firetrail Investments? I don't know if you chatted commodities with him, but he has for a long time been a, an energy bull. Uh, didn't uh, talk energy specifically. We talked uh, long duration uh, plays mm -hmm. because uh, that seemed to be the topic du jour today with uh, bond yields collapsing left, right and centre, all parts of the curve, all different sovereign curves and the like. Uh, gave us some quality tech names that he feels comfortable buying at the moment, I like to look up. And uh, the glorious gold sector. Yeah, we had a really deep dive about you know, what he's looking there, what kind of names you want to focus on. Do you want to stick with the other quality names or can you go and wait a little bit lower down the other ranks uh, when it comes to quality? Yeah, so great conversations there. Finished off having a discussion about whether we can get excited about consumer discretionary in light of the uh, fixed rate cliff that everyone's warning about. And uh, he's not getting overly excited unlike others out there at the moment. Interesting. Uh, gold. So you know that we had that bulls versus bears event today. We had a lot of your questions. A lot of your questions came in ahead of the event, actually. And so many were in relation to gold. So I had some 
bullish on gold. Sean Hickman from Market Matters comes to mind. And then Mark Gardner from Macro Capital was just shaking his head saying, I don't know what is with this interest in gold. So you can actually still register for that event. We can send it to you as a link catch up, but you do have to register. And do you know the name or how to do that? It has just slipped my mind, but I believe that it is osbiz forward slash co bulls slash v s slash bears or dash, I suppose. Oh, Scotty, I made a mess of that one. As per usual, but yeah, you can actually still if you've slash, got it, slash and dash. <laughs> if you've got it in your inbox, still check your inbox if you're on our list, and uh, you can still register. We'll send it to you as catch up. I really, really enjoyed hosting that one, so hopefully we can bring you some more just like that, uh, short and sweet. Um, Scotty, uh, today we saw the Aussie hitting that eight month high as we saw the U.S. dollar slide in the wake of uh, the uh, the dovish tilt, is what I'm going to call it now. In your words, from uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell. So that was sort of the theme of the day, I guess we could say, on the call. So not really stock of the day, but uh, Kashi asked his guests, so what would you be buying if, uh, you know, we continue to see this uh, Aussie dollar strength come through? And uh, here's what they had to say. Interestingly, so JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, the cost of importing goods is going to go down. Mm -hmm. So yep. that looks really good. Anyone on the acquisition front or expansion front in the US? So anyone, any company is looking to expand. So Domino's Pizza is really aggressive on their expansion over there. Um, and other companies look to benefit from that as well. So acquisitions will be cheaper, expansion opportunities, paying right. staff, everything will be cheaper. And another one, Bega Cheese. So Bega Cheese has more bargaining power because their ingredients side and their ingredients come from, some of them come from the US. So right. Right. We'll see cost cutting for them on that front. Well, I'd be looking maybe in that resource space. Um, you know, if you're selling iron ore in US dollars, um, you know, this is this potentially is nice. Mm. Um, um, well, yeah, major importer, of course. Um, retailers are an interesting one. So, you know, because the retailing space has been pretty out of favour. We have seen a bounce back recently. Um, but, you know, those importers do do well out of this. I would say most companies... The rising Aussie dollar is a bit of a headwind for them um, these days. We are, um, you know, increasingly a global stock. But the other thing is, uh, Koshi, you know, typically the market will do well if the Aussie dollar is rising. Um, global investors like to invest in currencies that they think are going to go up for obvious reasons. And, um, you know, so the, the, the Australian share market as a whole should be a beneficiary. So maybe ASX... I think that was kind of the theme. Anyways, there's a few things for you to chew over there. If you want to listen to the full episode, apparently there was a great specky buy that they both agreed on in there. Uh, you can listen to the full episode online or you can uh, listen to the podcast as well. Okay, so Scotty, tonight uh, we've got sort of the precursor to the big one tomorrow being jobless data out in the US. Uh, we haven't even had time to talk about Meta. Let's leave that, but we've got more big tech earnings tonight. Yeah. The big ones, the AAA, Apple, Alphabet, Amazon. So, yeah, needless to say, that's 20% of the U.S. market cap in those three names alone. And, uh, yeah, Meta up 20% uh, or so in after-hours trade. Yeah. Been on revenue. There was a year-on-year uh, -year decline when it comes to uh, no earnings. But, uh, yeah, it was all about revenue. Uh, user growth as well was, was ahead of expectations. And, uh, yeah, it's now doubled from the uh, time when it last reported. Uh, that is remarkable. 
just shows you how quickly things are being repriced in this market at this point in time. So, yeah, stand by for some fireworks. I know that a lot of those names, Amazon and Alphabet in particular, have been hit relatively hard. And uh, if Meta's anything to go by, well, we could go and see some uh, some big explosive moves to the top side potentially. Well, also, uh, you know, investors are liking when CEOs listen and they start cutting costs and talk about, you know, more austerity as well. So that's a lesson. Yeah, Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, AAA. I've, I just learned that this week. I hadn't heard that before but I like it. So plenty to keep us busy tomorrow, even though it's a Friday. Scotty, let's call it a day. And uh, just to reiterate, we did see the uh, S&P ASX 200 finishing at 7,511, a mildly positive finish. Watching E-minis though, as we speak, Scotty, NASDAQ and S&P 500, both higher. What a surprise. They'll probably be <laughs> high when we wake up tomorrow morning as well. All we'll right. see what happens then, hey? See ya. There you go. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.